Stefan, do you want to start? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Revival Podcast. Right. Good job. I'm not done yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Revival Podcast. I'm Stefan Tager. I'm Dave Butler. And this is a podcast where we have discussions of faith, and we're just trying to give you a sense of revival, something, a pick-me-up during the week, a spiritual way to sort of renew your faith, be energized by the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Woo! Is that all right? Yes. Okay. You got me going. <laughs> 20 seconds in, I'm already into this. It's so legit. We're so happy you're here. If it's your very first time, that welcome. Was, yeah. Usually the beginning's a lot better. So just, you know. <laughs> I'll practice. I'll practice. That was my first intro. My first welcome. Y'all, we love talking faith with each other. And we just decided to bring y'all in. That's what this podcast is all about. You might want to go back and listen to last week's episode. If you didn't, if you're new, welcome. P.S. If you are new, we release these every Tuesday on purpose. Want to know why? So yeah, I do. Oh, I do actually. Oh, yes. great. Let me tell, tell you. Us. Tell us why. Tuesday is the day of double blessings. It's an ancient Hebrew kind of custom thought idea, the day of double blessings. And so we want you to feel double blessed by the time that this lesson is over. Feel that reviving spirit. But the question last week was, what if I'm not feeling it? And it kind of led into this week. We felt like there was another question that came in that felt like a sister question to it, where it just said, what if I want to reignite the fire of my faith and my passion for living out my faith and and my relationship with God, what if I want it to be something that's thrilling and fulfilling, and I want to be excited and talk to people about it? I want it to feel like good news. I want to like, I want yeah. there to be an old church choir in my soul, <laughs> you know, but there's not, and what do I do? And so it felt like a good kind of next step or whatever. It felt yeah. like a good second part to that question. Right, absolutely. And interestingly enough, I think there's a scripture that directly we can go to that starts to answer that question, that actually talks about how do you maintain a sense of passion and fire and a faith that is just filled with life that wants to move forward. I want to say this before you go to it. Okay, I just was thinking to myself, like, where did somebody even get that idea from? And it either was, I once felt it before. Mm, right. Like, I remember when I was on fire for it, and I want that back. Or I've seen someone else. And then I just thought for a second, man, that's another like unspoken value of church community. Mm. Just that we rub off on each other. Right. We inspire each other unknowingly sometimes. And right. anyways, that's a little derail, but I was just thinking about, wait, why does somebody ask that question? Obviously right. they want it, but why do they want it? And it's either they felt it before or see it in someone else. And I think quickly, if you ask someone like those moments when you were really filled with life for with your through your faith life, what was going on? What were you doing differently? How were you connecting with God in different mm, ways? That might be mm. a, a quick, like an easy, simple way to start thinking about it. But And maybe then you could ask, then if it's someone else who inspired you, it'd be so interesting to ask them and say like, what is happening in you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to have whatever that is that you have. Okay, so you ready? Ready, ready. King Benjamin just had this powerful experience with these people. He sort of presides over their repentance. He gives a speech, and then they repent, and they feel— That should have been in the heading of the scriptures. <laughs> and King Benjamin presides <laughs> over the repentance of the people. 
And they call out to God and they feel forgiveness of sin and they're just filled with joy. Mm. And then he says, oh, do you want to experience that? Do you want to feel that all the time? Oh yeah, what's his phrase? Maintain? No. Right. Maintain a remission, remission of, of your sins. Yeah. Yes. And this is Mosiah chapter 4, 11 and 12. One of my favorite preachers, Fred Craddock, he would actually assign his students, his preaching students who were going to go out into the world and be pastors and preach the gospel. He would say, if you were to pick one verse your whole life that you could only ever preach on every week, which verse would you choose? Whoa. And this is mine. It's Mosiah chapter 4, 11, and 12. No question. No question. He says, I'll go into the middle of 11. You picked the longest verses. Well, no wonder. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> it's, I'll go right into the middle. He says, even so, I would that you should remember and always retain in remembrance the greatness of God and your own nothingness and his goodness and long suffering towards you, unworthy creatures. And humble yourselves even in the depths of humility, calling on the name of the Lord daily and standing steadfastly in the faith of that which is to come, which was spoken by the mouth of the, of the angel. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Yeah. You didn't and, even tell me you were going to read this verse and it is the answer to the question. This is awesome. We'll get to 12 in a second because I think that's really where he puts it all together. But he says at the end of verse 11, he says, look, one, remember God's goodness in your own nothingness. And in our modern world, we want to say, ah, you know, do I really have to remember our own nothingness? There's a way to do that in a healthy way to say, do you know what? I can't forgive my own sin. It's impossible for me to do without God. And to remember that actually allows you to feel the love of God because you see how far he reaches down to love us and to give us blessing and grace. He says, continue in the faith, call on the name of the Lord daily. So You're going faithful. too fast I'm because sorry. you miss like how awesome that, just that first one, retain that greatness of God. In and, your own nothingness. Yeah, yeah. because... He's so good and so kind. He's like a surprise party. <laughs> Every time you want to talk about it like that. Well, because if you first like recognize how good and great and wonderful he is, then it's even more thrilling that he would ever consider to be in relationship with somebody like me. That's it. You're like invited to the party you ought not have been invited to. There you go. Right? And you're just like, that's where a thrill comes from, where you're just like, I should not have been invited to this. You are so good. You're so good to me. And then my own nothingness helps me see, like you were saying, it reminds me of that parable of the workers mm. in the field yeah, and how he pays the last people a penny at the end of the day. They legit go home and tell their friends, I had the best job and the best <laughs> boss on earth, right? right? They are just focused on his goodness and generosity. And like, you scooped me up right. in the last hour. And you like, and the people who are grumpy are the people who felt like they earned it. <laughs> They're focused on like what I deserve and what I earned rather than on the grace and mercy and goodness of God. And if someone would realize everyone who reads that parable is an 11th hour worker. Hmm. None of you deserved it. You were all scooped up. He was generous and gracious and kind to every one of you. They live in like, I don't see anywhere else where it says gratitude. He meant it as he presided over their repentance. But he meant, <laughs> yeah. like it fills you with a sense of gratitude for, wow, you would pick me? Right. You'd want me? You'd give something like that to me? I think that's how faith comes alive. That's it is alive in me right now. Like even <laughs> this discussion, I feel better and different. And that's like, when we start getting away from the central message of the Christian gospel, the fire of faith will dim. But if we consistently, mm -hmm. King Benjamin says, you got to remember this always. Remember the basic message of the gospel is we are sinners who cried for forgiveness and God accepted us. 
that's it. We have to figure out a way to connect with that daily and look back on our whole lives and say, man, Gosh, what would have These happened? are so good, Stefan. I'm going to take this as mine. I'm so sorry I interrupted you. I'm just looking and I'm just loving these. I can't take credit for King Benjamin's words. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you found him, though. <laughs> he says in verse 12, and behold, I say unto you that if you do this, this remembering of God's goodness. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause, okay. pause, pause, pause. Because you forgot one part in 11 that I loved okay, okay. when I read it and preach, I never liked preach. it. Yes. And stand steadfastly in the faith of that which is to come. Right. And that's the coming of Christ. Yeah. Right. But like to the live first... in a hope mm. is and also it... like so thrilling. It doesn't say stand steadfastly in perfectionism or yeah. constant worry. Our job is to be faithful, diligently faithful, which is to come. And trust in his promise. Absolutely. And for them, his promise was I'm coming. And to us, his promise is I'm coming. So, <laughs> But his second coming is better, you know? And so it's like we can stand steadfastly in a better that, which is to come, you know? And, and when and, God comes and fixes the whole world and sets oh all my things gosh. right. Oh, my gosh. So awesome. Okay, so okay sorry. Now you can go to 12. 12. I promise okay, I will not right. <laughs> say anything else about 11, even though, like, what a champion verse. It, it is. It's one of the best. It says 411. 411. Let me give you the 411. <laughs> is that still a phrase? Okay, go. Sorry. <laughs> he says, and behold, I say unto you that if you do this, you shall always rejoice. Proven today, because I am. <laughs> and be filled with the love of God. Also. And always retain a remission of your sins. It means we're justified, accepted. Our covenants are strong. God has made a covenant with us, and yeah, we're going to make mistakes and sin along the way, but if we're constantly faithful, staying on the covenant path, we can be confident that we are accepted and we're retaining that original remission of sins. We are legally declared in his kingdom, pardoned, justified. That he wants to stay in this relationship. like He's committed to it, and he's committed to a relationship with an unworthy creature, and he's okay with that because he initiated it. And he's good and long-suffering and is going to, he's not going to give up on me. And, and he wants to be a part of not only in relationship, but see me grow and become something more. Right. Just to know that about him is so great. This scripture made me forget all of my thoughts of what I was going to say about <laughs> how to talk to this person, because I really feel like this is, I mean, this is where I was going to go, where I was going to say, oh man, you probably too focused on you. Is what right. I would think. And I'm saying that in a really, really, I don't know. I don't know you. And I'm not accusing or pointing fingers or anything like that, but I just, you Here know. Here comes the DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, little <laughs> clean up before it happens. Just kidding. But I stood in a, a state conference once, and I may have told the story on a previous episode, but just that a lady who stood up and just wonder if I'm doing enough. It had like the vibe in the the sense of like, always grasping it, like I'm never going to make it and I'm never, you know, instead of, wait, why don't you focus on who he is and what he's done and what he's doing? And like, he's the rescuer. He's the redeemer. He's the exalter. Hmm. I appreciate somebody wanting to like live in discipleship, but there's a difference between somebody trying to live in discipleship. Show me how to live. Show me how to love versus somebody who's trying to always grasping it like, did I make a high enough score? <laughs> yeah. Did I do enough good deeds to balance out the scales? Right. There's a difference there. The difference between I'm trying to earn it and grasp to earn it and, oh, I'm going to live in response to your love to me. Right. Yeah. When I think of people who need to come alive, I think they need to go right to Gethsemane and at the foot of the cross and be, go to the heart of the gospel and remember that we have been redeemed in him through his graciousness. That's why we worship in church, because that is such good news. We will spend the rest of our lives and all eternity thanking God for that very thing. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like culturally, a lot of messages I've heard have been come to the sacrament to figure out what you need to do differently and what you need to repent of, which is good, great. But what if you've came first and foremost? The sacrament table is a modern representation of the cross. Absolutely. The symbols of his death and his sacrifice. And what if first and foremost you came to kneel at the cross and remember? That's the only thing we promise to do twice in both sacrament prayers is to remember, to always remember. It's a moment of remembering right. his grace, right? Yeah, and when we say remember his greatness and his goodness and his long-suffering that it says in verse 11, yeah, like you can remember the greatness of God when he created dolphins and you can remember the greatness of God when he helped you find your car keys, you know? Sure. But the richest and highest manifestation of his greatness, his goodness, and his long-suffering is in Gethsemane and on the cross. And to you unworthy creatures, you see the love and the gift given there, and it's too big. No one earned it. You should be astonished that he would offer it to you. And that's the thrill. There's a thrill in something like that. Can we talk about what I think what that leads to naturally? And that's also a key element of— Yeah, he actually says it in here, I think. Oh, I think I know where you're going. What were you going to say? Well, it's connected. So when I think of this sort of desire to make my faith more alive, more on fire, I think of Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. One verse. And as Jesus passed forth from him, then— This is your runner-up verse. <laughs> he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, right there, Sea of Galilee, Capernaum. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And yeah, that's a beautiful story of discipleship, but remember what Matthew's leaving behind. And so if someone wants to really come alive in their faith, I want to say this carefully, I would embrace a risky faith, mm. not an unwise faith. So Jack, be like Jack. That's what I want to say. My Jack? Yes, your Jack. Where's he about to go? Mozambique. He's 18 years old. 19. 19. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And the prophet of the Lord called him across the world, and he said, okay. And so every one of us, sometimes our faith is too small. God has big plans for us to be a blessing to humanity. Yeah. And sometimes that shows up in small ways, yeah. but it's big for us. And so what I mean by that is— Step uh, out of comfortable. Step out of comfortable. Yeah. And set big spiritual goals. Reach out to people that society says are unreachable and be creative and put in effort and thought and think, what is God calling me to do, both through my official church callings and mm -hmm. also my own personal life callings? Yeah. That could be a blessing to other people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I taught this girl in seminary, one of my first years of teaching seminary, and she asked a pretty similar question to mm -hmm. last week and this week. You know, they're married to each other. They were siblings first, so that's <laughs> awkward, but now whatever. And she said, I'm not feeling it. I used to be like the really good gospel girl, you know? Mm. And she was just like, I really fumbled. If you're listening, girl <laughs> out there, this episode is my redemption to the answer because I didn't give her a very good answer. I sort of was, I kind of just, well, I think you should, you know, maybe do this or that, you know, just kind of right. maybe read the scriptures more or, you know, something. Sure, sure. Are you praying? Or, I don't know. I don't remember what I said, but I remember walking away from the conversation being like, that did not hit home. And years later, I learned a lesson, and it's one that you're teaching in part, that I've often thought, I wish I'd go back and tell that girl. And it came from a quote from Neil A. Maxwell, mm. where he said, the thou shalt not commandments are misery prevention. 
don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't hate, don't be racist, don't all the things, right? Those are misery prevention. And he says something about lukewarmness. I got to look up the quote. He's like, but just that would put you at medium (laughs) temperature. And he says, it's the thou shalt commandments that really bring the gospel and relationship with God alive. In particular, every one of them are centered in the two great love, God and love people. Right. What he was teaching to me is you won't be happy if you're just like, I don't cuss, I don't speed, (laughs) I don't do drugs, and I don't, all these things. It's like, yeah, you're just not miserable. Right, right. But are you like happy? And I think happiness comes in going out and doing something about my faith. And that means what Jesus's commission's always been. Go uplift, go encourage, go pay the debt off, go bind up the brokenhearted, go do the ministry of the Messiah for people. And in my life, I feel like the greatest satisfaction and the greatest thrill comes when that's the way that I'm living, my loving other people. And we don't have to go across the world to do that. You can do that with your ministry and assignment and say, do you know what? How is the Lord inspiring me to take this to a level that's just not just okay, but I'm actually being a blessing in people's lives, right? Or in my very neighborhood, who can I minister to? And so David O. McKay has a quote where he says, there is no road to the heart of God that does not lead through the heart of man. That might be a paraphrase, but I think it's pretty close. Regardless, the point is, is what he's trying to say is, He's trying to say the way that you really connect with God is by being a blessing to other people. Yeah. Jesus in Matthew 24, he's giving the sermon on the second coming, and then he switches to parables. And what does he say? He says, look, if you have done unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. If you want to find Jesus, if you want to see where he is, go where there's suffering, go where there's Mm -hmm. pain, and he will be there. Yes. Remember Fred Craddock teaching that, where suffering is, there Christ is also. Yeah. Yeah, I read the letters that Mother Teresa wrote to her bishop, you know, and they published mm-hmm. after she died. And and she actually, like, really struggled a lot with her own faith and feeling like, is God there? Sure. And then there was this letter, and, and I don't know if it was a realization moment for her. I don't want to misrepresent it, where she said, I saw the face of God in the streets of Calcutta. That there were other letters she wrote that she was like, like, I feel like there's, like, a ceiling. I'm not reaching him But then for her to also express, I saw him in the faces of the lepers and those suffering on the streets. That's where I saw his face. And I think Matthew 25 is, you correct me if I'm wrong. You have Old Testament memorized. So the, (laughs) (laughs) I just, it feels like the only spot in scripture, at least where Jesus talks a lot about like, this is what I'm concerned about. Like, Mm. you want to know what judgment day my question on Judgment Day, hmm. or rather my question, did you fulfill the measure of your creation, seems to be Matthew 25. I created you and sent you forth yeah, to it, feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit those in prison. And Sorry, I kept interrupting. No, was, no, 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 no. Which was not applying those verses very well, but <laughs> it's, it's shocking that Jesus says, look, there are sheep and goats, those yeah. who are a blessing to others and those who are not. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's it. Of course, there's complexity and more to the story, yeah. right? That he would boil Judgment Day down in that way, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that Mother Teresa story. 
and I'm so sorry, but I have to quote it, the Les Mis line, to love another person. Sing it. Sing it, Stefan. <laughs> no, I, I, will, I cannot. <laughs> to love another person is to see the face of God. We did not plan this out to work out like this, but what this episode did was remember how you've been forgiven. Remember the grace that's been manifested to yeah. us. Now go embody that. Yeah. That's how you set the fire of faith. Right. And it's the life Jesus lived. Who of all people was closest with the Father? <laughs> you know, and who would you say lived with the thrill of faith and the fire of faith? And who's left a ripple effect on this earth more than anyone else? And look at how he lived yeah. all the way up and leading to right. Our that culture. greatest act of love on the cross. Thank you so much. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, no. our, our, our culture says your job is to live a comfortable life, live comfortably. God is infinitely more interesting than that. Mm. He calls us to go embody cross-like love out in the world. Yeah. So let's go do it. Man, I feel revived. I feel like someone put the defibrillators on me. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> I'm ready. Woo! Okay, we'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>